1: We cannot
2: make ourselves right. That's why Jesus came to the earth. You see, if we want to go to heaven, then I have to put on the righteousness of Christ. I have to admit that I'm not righteous. I'm not righteous in my own good works. I'm not a bad person, but I'm a sinner. I'm not righteous. I have to take off my righteousness, and I have to put on... The righteousness of
0: Christ. There's absolutely nothing you can do on your own to earn righteousness before God Almighty. Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to stop trying to earn right standing before God outside of Jesus. It's impossible. When judgment day comes, the Lord will not look at your life and see what good things you accomplished or bad things you said no to. He will only look to see if you've accepted Jesus as your righteous replacement. What he accomplished on the cross was atonement for all humanity. Have you surrendered your whole life to him today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message entitled, Go and invite everyone you find.
2: go back to verse 7. Think of this. You've just given the invitation twice. This invitation has been refused how many times? Twice. What are you going to do now? I'm just going to go have my own little pity party. Forget it. You don't want to come to my wedding tonight. But you're going to see a very different picture in two stages. The first one you won't like, the second one you will. Watch this in verse 7. Well, the king was enraged. No kidding. He was rejected. And he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. What do we see? Finally, there's a judgment of God. Listen, and listen to me very carefully. There comes a day when this invitation to become a follower of Jesus Christ is forever withdrawn for you. Oh, oh I don't do that. I would ne- it's not my role. But there comes a day Rejection after rejection after rejection, the invitation is withdrawn. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis, a person can no longer come to Christ. That's pretty serious. In other words, there's judgment. See, God's fair, but there always comes a day of reckoning. Well, this verse in verse 7 is a, is a prophetic picture of what would happen in AD seventy. The city of Jerusalem would be destroyed by Titus, the Roman uh, uh, officer, over his army. They came and just leveled Jerusalem. And the Jews from A.D. 70 until 1948 were scattered all over all the world. So this is the early prediction of the destruction of Jerusalem. Well, now, after that, what is he going to do? Here's a beautiful picture. Look at verse 8. Then he said to his servants... And I'm going to paraphrase this. These last two groups of people have refused the invitation. Nobody's coming to the wedding. He said, the wedding banquet is ready. The food's hot. But those I invited did not deserve to come. They wouldn't come. They wouldn't accept the invitation, which was tied up with Jesus. So verse 9, you see God doing a beautiful thing. He sends the invitation out a third time in love. So he says to his servants, go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. I'll just take anybody. By the way, did you know you're just an anybody out there? That's who we all are. So here's what you want to write down. Why does God send a third invitation? We see God's love, his kindness, his tolerance, and his patience. It's a beautiful picture for us. You see, the offer is expanded. The invitation will be given to the people on the streets. Now the nation of Israel as a whole, no, they're set aside. Individual Jews can come, and they do today. But now this is open to all Gentiles. If they will listen, accept the invitation, they can come to the banquet. Anyone simply means everyone. What did God say? Street corners equals where people are. Here was the good news. Here was the commission. Mark 16, Matthew 28. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And whoever accepts it, come on in. That's what we have a responsibility to do. I want you to write this statement down. If you're a Christ follower this morning, understand this. Take the gospel to where People are. You see, the king said, Go, invite anyone you find. So I have to be looking for people that need to come to Christ. Most people come to Christ because someone brings them to Christ. Most people come to Christ because someone brings them to christ people don't know god loves them they don't even know god has a party you know for most people who are not christians god and party are an oxymoron but for us it's perfect we understand it how did you come to christ somebody invited you i mean we started this church almost 16 years ago we started with 100 people now where do we have all these six seven thousand people on the campuses where'd they all come from they came because somebody invited them. Did I invite them all? Well, that's impossible. They don't even know me. They don't trust me. So he just says, go anywhere. Go everywhere. Go where the people are. I told you at the beginning of this teaching, this had application for you. The application is what? To go and invite. To go and say to people, you want to be a follower of Christ? I can tell you how. I can tell you Why? You need God. It's a beautiful picture of what still happens today. And you say, Pastor Mark, why is that such a big deal with you? Because it was a big deal with Jesus. It's still a big deal with God. Lost people matter to God. Everyone without Christ is bad. A sinner is unable to attend the banquet. Men think, well, they're good because they give here and they're going to help in this refund over here and they come to church and they're they're good and this person is an atheist, agnostic, they're bad. Well, that's true, but they're both bad because sin makes us bad. Understand, good and bad is all in man's eyes. And I said to you to circle a word, it said the banquet hall is filled with people. That ought to encourage you. That means the heaven's going to be jammed, filled with people. Well, what kind of people? Well, think about it. They went to the streets and invited who? Did they look and go, well, let's see if he's this size and this size. They look like this. They got the three-piece suit. They got No, they invited what? Anyone they could find. When you invite anyone that you find, what do you get? You know what you get? Go down to the dog pound. You'll see what you get. You get anything. So, Revelation tells us what this party is going to look like. In case you think this is just a story off the top of somebody's head. No, Revelation, take a look at this. In Revelation, it says to us what that picture is like. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seal and open it. For you were slaughtered, talking about Christ. And your blood has ransomed people from every tribe, every language, and people, and nation. Understand. This is a picture of multicultural, multicolor, multilingual, multiethnic. There's nothing about social standing. There's nothing about reputation. There's nothing about looks. There's nothing about moral character. We're just a bunch of people from everywhere that were made by God. Guys, do you know your relatives? You know why we're related is we all go back to Adam and Eve. We're the same. Every one of us, doesn't matter what your color is, doesn't matter what, your, what food you like, how tall you are, what kind of moral people you are. We're all related. We're sinners that needed to be saved. So this hall is filled. How did these people, let's see if you can get this now. The hall's filled. How did the people get to the wedding party? How'd they get there? Tell me. Somebody did What? Somebody personally invited them, okay? That's how it works. This is amazing, but this has never changed. When God said to Jesus, leave the earth, he left the responsibility, watch me very closely, Vera, he left the responsibility, given the invitations to be a Christ follower, to people. He didn't leave it to a church. He didn't leave it to an organization. He didn't bring angels down and go, okay, angels. You know, some people would like to say this. You mean, God says one morning, well, people are kind of rejecting me. So he makes this big announcement, and it's written in the sky, God will speak at 11. And people see it from all over the world. You, you know these guys. You, you'd, you'd look, wouldn't you? I mean, when the shadow goes, we go, God will speak at 11. And all of a sudden, heaven's open across the world. I look up, and God sticks his head down. And he says, I'm inviting you to the party. Do you think anybody would try to find out what that party's about? Oh, yeah. I mean, if God opened heaven, are you kidding me? But he didn't do that. Who did he give the privilege of handing the invitations out to? To you? Are you handing it out? Well, it's not my job. See, this is very, I told you this, this parable has a practical application, doesn't it? Sure, it does. It's you. See, somebody invited you. How did you get here? Well, look at verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing the proper wedding clothes. Well, you can imagine that. They'd just gone to the streets. Notice something, though. The king noticed. This is very important for us. This reminds us that God is going to inspect us. See, he knows who we are. So the king's inspecting. Why are you here? Later, you're going to hear Jesus speak about people are going to be on judgment day and getting ready to enter heaven. And Jesus is going to make a statement about them. Well, it relates just to this. So the king says to him, what's the deal here? You don't have the right wedding clothes on. Let me explain to you what happens. This illustration is this, that people had just been drawn from the streets to the wedding. Well, in that culture... When those people would come into a wedding, they were given wedding clothes that were appropriate to wear for the wedding. They were free, but they had to put them on. They were then acceptable. Now, without that, what would you look like if you just came from the street and went right into the wedding? Everybody's there in their tuxes and whatever and a big wedding gown. And all. Pastor Mark, what, what does a wedding garment have to do with anything? Here's what you want to write. The wedding garment is spiritual. It's not a clothes you put on. It's spiritual. It refers to being righteous, right with God. In other words, am I right with God because of my goodness or God's goodness? Whose garment do I have on? My good works or God's righteousness paid by Jesus on the cross? So that brings us a question. How do we get right with God? You see, this is a picture, not of, not of this old wool. This is a picture of my spiritualness or lack of. The Bible speaks about it very clearly. Look at Isaiah. It says this. All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteousness Acts are like filthy rags. So when the God looks at me, in my goodness, I give to the church. I'm a pretty good guy. Don't mistreat my wife. Raise my kids well. Actually going to go down to Peru next week and kind of help build those people up. When God looks at that, from man's eyes, it looks pretty good. But see, the real me... My heart is still evil. Because I'm trying to impress God with my rights, my good works. Well, the Bible says mine are in terms like a filthy rag, like a dirty rag. They can't please God. I, I can never be I can never be good enough. You see, our best good works are simply like. Filthy rags. Understand this principle. The Bible tells us that none of us could ever be good enough in ourselves to go to the wedding, to go to heaven in our own good works clothes. See, this represents everything you think you are. And you're going to be able to stand before God and say, I did this, and I did this, and I gave money, and I did this, and I was, man, I was a member of a church, and, and I, I even took communion sometimes. And I'm ready to go into heaven. God says, no, 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 that, that, that doesn't fit. You can't come in wearing that. You can't be good enough. Here's the next statement you want to write. We cannot make ourselves right. That's why Jesus came to the earth. You see, if we want to go to heaven, then I have to put on the righteousness of Christ. I have to admit that I'm not righteous. I'm not righteous in my own good works. I'm not a bad person, but I'm a sinner. I'm not righteous. I have to take off my righteousness, and I have to put on the righteousness of Christ. And that means that I realize that I'm not good enough. Now, let me tell you something. It's not about my physical... It's about my heart. Look at this verse. It's going to make it so clear to you. It's found in the book of Romans. It says this. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark, dirty deeds, like dirty clothes, and put on the shining arm of your right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. You see, Before I came to Christ, let me read you a verse. Before I came to Christ, in 1 Corinthians, it said this. You need to understand it. Before I came to Christ, it said this. Do you not know that the wicked, that's just a plain sinner. I don't do all these things, but I was just a sinner. I, I had no way to get rid of my sin. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, homosexual offenders, thieves, greedy, drunkards, swindlers, slanders, they'll never enter the kingdom of God. Well, that's pretty bold. I can't get in wearing those things. That, that kind of a lifestyle, I'll never get in. But then verse 10 says this And that is what some of you were. But when you came to Christ, that old lifestyle is gone. It's gone. My sins are forgiven. Look what it says. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Guys, clothe yourself. Isaiah 61 says this, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride in her jewels. See, the only way I'm going to get in heaven Put on the righteousness of Christ. That's not outward. That's inward. That's in the heart of man, in the heart of woman. I have to rely on his goodness and not my own. Well, back to our story. Look at verse 12. Remember, he said to this man, what are you doing here? You don't have the right outfit on. And then, I love the word 12. He said, friend, how did you get in here with without wedding clothes. And the man was speechless. He stuck out like a, a sore thumb. Jesus, God knew it. Notice this man wanted to come to the banquet. He was at the banquet. He wanted to take part in the feast, but he wanted to do it his way. He doesn't answer. Could it be that he thought he was good enough Well, that's what the world says today. How many people do you know that say this? Oh, thanks for inviting me to your church. It's a really cool church. I like the building, I like the neat stuff. You know, all roads lead to God. I like to go to just different churches because it doesn't matter. All roads lead to God. That's the the agenda today. No, that is wrong. That's 100% wrong. Romans 10.3 says this, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself, refusing to accept God's way. And what is God's way? Admit I'm a sinner. Admit I can't get to heaven by myself. Accept Jesus Christ who died on the cross as the only way to heaven. But no, they refuse to accept God's way. They cling to their own way of getting right, which is all of the above, by trying to do simply keeping the law or good works. Why are you here without your wedding garment? Just exactly that. stop. Think about it. He was giving the man, what, a chance to put on, what, the right wedding garment. But the man refused. He said nothing. I wish this next verse was not in the Bible, but it is. Look at verse 13. Then the king told the attendants, tie him in hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, there comes a day, as I told you already, where God will stop dealing with the hearts of men and women. And no longer will he say to them, you can come on your own terms. I don't accept it. I've never accepted that. If that's what you want, then have it your way. We understand that this term, weeping and gnashing of teeth, well, it's not new. Jesus talked about it all through the book of Matthew. It's a picture of hell. Hell is real, just as heaven is real. Hell is a place where you're separated from God forever. You see, on the last day, Matthew 7 says, people will come in, in their garments, and Jesus will say to you, well, who are you? Well, I'm ready to walk into heaven. Well, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, chapter 7 says. And Jesus will say to them, well, it's nice, but I don't know who you are. And he says to them, away from me, you evildoers. Verse 14 ends our teaching For many are invited, but few are chosen. What's that simply mean? It means that God, the invitation, is sent to every single one. The Father, God the Father, doesn't want one single person refusing the invitation. But receiving the invitation is not God's part. That's man's part. The whole parable is summed up in two little verses. Look at it. John 1, 11 and 12. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Jesus came to the Jews as a whole. They wouldn't receive him. Then he took it out to the whole world. Yet to all, every single one that will come, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, to join the party, to be part of the wedding, and to be part of the
0: celebration. Your response to God's invitation on your life determines your eternal future. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark that while this is a bold statement, it's true according to Scripture. In order to be justified before the Lord and gain access into heaven, you must place your faith in Jesus Christ. Many have chosen to reject God's way and try things out on their own. Don't be that person today. Surrender your life to Him and become His child. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Where do you get the answers to life's most difficult questions? What about life's basic questions? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us that all of life's questions are answered in God's holy word. From financial to social to moral issues, the foundation for decision-making should be inspired by the Bible. As you begin to adhere to the word, you will begin to recognize that it's God who owns everything. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard. His word made flesh in a